0: Our text is Mark chapter 15, beginning with verse 16. Hear God's holy word. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison, and they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, and bowing the knee they worshipped him, And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and let him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above, The King of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the king of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, Look, he's calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed, and offered to to him to drink, saying, Let him alone, let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, and breathed his last. Thus far the reading of God's word. Let's pray. Living God, help us so to hear your holy word, that we may truly understand, and that understanding we may believe, and believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience seeking your honor and glory in all that we do, through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. People of God, if you love the Lord Jesus, one of the most nauseating and upsetting features of the crucifixion is how everything is turned inside out and is turned upside down from the way that we know it should be. The crucifixion is a grotesque coronation of King Jesus. He doesn't get a crown of gold, he gets a crown of thorns, He doesn't get genuine praise and honor, but he gets mocking cheers of Hail, King of the Jews. The soldiers make fun of him as they bow the knee to him. They beat him rather than honor him. He gets a cross instead of a throne. They offer him wine, but it isn't offered in celebration and festivity. The wine is sour and mixed with a painkiller. And rather than seeing his true royalty and his glory acknowledged and appreciated, we see him crucified like a common rebel and criminal. It's all so shameful. It's detestable and out of joint. It's like you can't even look at it straight on. You have to turn your head and cover your eyes. Mark in his gospel quotes Isaiah when he says he was numbered with the transgressors, which really was the ultimate insult for a first century Jew steeped In the Pharisaic mindset, they believed we're the holy people, everyone else are transgressors and sinners. So there was no greater shame, no bigger scandal than that Jesus was counted among the transgressors. We have to remember when thinking about the cross and the price that Jesus paid for our sins that Jesus not only suffered, but he was rejected. The rejection of Jesus was an important aspect of his sacrificial suffering work. Had he only suffered and died, there may have been many more who would have taken pity on him. They might have celebrated him as a martyr and a hero more readily. Because the ancient world was much like today, where we have our heroes who suffer in their fight and who have glorious deaths. The Greeks had their tragic heroes in their stories and plays that they took pity on and celebrated. Our own society has its martyrs who suffered and died for causes that we can get on board with and support. We we as a culture sympathize with sufferers as long as we think their cause is noble. But everyone thought Jesus's mission was a disaster. Just about everybody wanted to get as far away as they could from any association with Jesus. Even his own apostles did this. And so when Jesus went to the cross, He went not just suffering, but he went rejected and suffering. And Jesus said that's what was going to happen all the way back in Mark 8. He said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected. Before that, in Isaiah 53, the prophet drives this home over and over, that the man of sorrows would be despised and rejected. Suffering and rejection together make up the picture of Jesus' work on the cross. And even though his contemporaries were scandalized and even though his own family and friends were shamed by his being numbered with transgressors, we who are united to Jesus by baptism must embrace both the suffering and the rejected Messiah. Because as you know, we are united to him by our baptism. We're united to both his death and life in, in our baptism. Embracing Jesus means embracing then rejection. He calls us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him. And that path is one of shame and rejection as well as suffering. This is extremely difficult for us because we have a tendency to desire respectability. We want people to like us. We want to be popular and we want to keep up our reputations. Shame is unthinkable. Rejection is horrifying. Embarrassment is is a nightmare. Now, the desire to live honorably and not bring shame to the name of Jesus or shame to your family by sinning, that's a holy desire. We don't go out of our way to do wicked things or ugly things or profane things to purposely tarnish our reputation. That's not at all what I'm saying. But we all have these decision points from time to time where we are put in situations where we're given the choice to either preserve our reputation to preserve our self-image, or to embrace the way of the cross and lay down our pride and to be rejected just like Jesus was. Because we live in a world that hates righteousness and loves wickedness. A world that freely mocks holy things and is always turning things upside down. If you stand for righteousness, at some point, you are going to be mocked for it. You are going to lose the respect and friendship of wicked or ignorant people. You will be despised. You will be rejected. And when this happens, know that you are sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. It was necessary for Jesus to go through all of this, to bear not only the sin of the world, but also the full shame of that sin. Therefore, we who are united to him, bearing our cross, walk with Jesus right through temptation, right through the weight of sin, right through the shame that comes with it. The disciple is not above his master, right? If Jesus bore all the sins of the world and he was numbered with transgressors, then in some sense, the church bears the sins of the world as well. We bear the sins of the world before God on the the Lord's day as we present them before his throne in worship. We come confessing not only our sins, but the sins of the world. And we beg for him to forgive the world. But we also have to deal with all the sins of the world. We not only bear the sins, we deal with all the sins. We suffer under and fight the temptation of all the sins of the world. We are injured by and plagued with all the sins of the world. There is no sin that the church doesn't have to deal with at some level. Read the Ten Commandments. Every one of those is up for grabs in our society. We are perpetually tempted with every one of those sins named in the Ten Commandments. And we're under attack always on all ten fronts. Then unbelievers and scoffers judge the church and reject the church because they say that the church is full of hypocrites. And you might ask them, well, why do you say that? Why why do you say the church is full of hypocrites? Well, here's why Christians are dealing with all the same behavior that everybody else is dealing with. Christians have marriage problems. Christians have sexual temptation. Christians have problems with their kids. Christians have problems getting along with each other. What's our response to that? Yes. Yes, they do. What did you expect? That's what the church is here for. We are here to deal with sin and deal with it the way that Jesus dealt with it, which is by dying to it and denying ourselves and being numbered with transgressors. We often say something like, Christians suffer through sickness and sorrow in order to show the world how it's done. Whenever we're ill or we lose a loved one, we say, "Okay, now we get to show everyone how you're supposed to deal with suffering. And that's true. But have you ever thought that perhaps we are tempted with all the same sins the world is tempted with so that we can show them how to deal with those as well so that we can be right in the same spot that they are, except that we point to the cross and we point to Jesus as the means of dealing with those sins. We, we don't atone for the sin ourselves, but we do carry it to the only one who can atone for those sins. We may not think that way because there's a stigma attached to struggling with sin. If I ask you to pray for my back pain, you can feel sorry for me and pray for me. There's no stigma attached to back pain. I'm not ashamed to admit that my back hurts. No one is going to think bad things about me if I ask you to pray for my job or pray that my move goes well or any other number of things that we might ask for prayer for. But when's the last time someone said, I need you to pray for me and I need you to pray with me because I've got this anger problem or I'm having a really hard time controlling my lust or my appetites. I'm I'm having a really difficult time being content. I'm very discontent and I need your help. Or I'm always tempted to steal from my employer. You talk about stigma. You talk about people looking at you differently. Now, you may not want to print that kind of prayer request on the bulletin or say it in front of a big mixed crowd. Some things you only share with intimate friends. But facing up to the shame of sin is part of dealing with the sin. And as long as we put the preservation of our reputations ahead of bearing the cross and dying to our sin, we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to grow. We're not going to conquer sin. We're going to continue being slaves to sin. Here's the thing. On the cross, Jesus was despised and rejected because he who knew no sin became sin. He not only bore the sin, but he bore the curse and the shame of the sin. And now the church, along with him, right in his footsteps, we now have to deal with not only the sins of the world, but we have to bear the rejection that comes with getting our hands dirty and exposing the works of darkness. This Good Friday, may we recommit to taking up our cross, submit to its shame and suffering and rejection, which means embracing the man on the cross and everything that he is. Do not distance yourself from Jesus. Do not be embarrassed by Jesus. Do not reject him or pull away from him out of shame or fear for your reputation know that the curse of rejection that Jesus bore bought our acceptance by God. He was rejected by the world, but accepted and praised by the Father. And in the same way, we can participate in his rejection, knowing that we also are embraced by the Father. You see how that works? If you're rejected by the world for following Jesus, you are accepted by the Father. Let's pray.